0: Another episode of the Dino Talk Podcast. Nick and Jesse, back again. We got a fun one. Because guess what, Jesse? Football's back. I mean, you already know that. But the fun begins. All right. We got a three-part series coming up here. Today, we're going to be talking about the biggest sells, a.k.a. kind of the biggest bust for this year. Next week's, we're going to talk like the biggest buys, like guys that we think are going to boom this year. So the guys that for you to target. And after that, we're going to go hot takes, hot takes. We're going to bring in the bold predictions, bring in everything. And yeah, we're going to start off with some of the biggest busts. And with that, it's just like it's from a redraft perspective, but these are the guys you're going to be wanting to sell before the season. Like you're going to want to sell early before their value takes. Because like, yes, it's dynasty, but there are some guys that's just like, if they have a bad season, their value is really going to plummet. And you know what? I think Jesse, you want to start us off? So I couldn't decide
1: whether I should have this take on uh, in two weeks with our hot takes episode or this one. But uh, here we go. my uh, my biggest bust of 2023, my prediction is Jamar Chase. And my reasoning for this is Joe Burr, is it a Joe Burrow makes Jamar Chase, or is it Jamar Chase makes Joe Burrow? Because if Joe Burrow is anything not himself, if he has a few games where he doesn't play, I mean, the one game in Jamar Chase's career where Joe Burrow didn't play, it was two catches, 26 yards. So if Joe Burrow, you know, I mean, I, I do get that uh, it sounds like he he should be back on the field by the time. But, I mean, even if he's just off, like maybe he isn't quite his normal self. Um, of course, there's always the same arguments, you know, every year that T. Higgins could still take a more of a target share. Doesn't it surprise you, though, that T. Higgins is a 100-target receiver? That's it. Only 100 targets. I mean, it just seems like that has to come up. I mean, like I, that of course, like I said, there there's always been that argument. Jamar Chase had an amazing year last year up until he got hurt. But uh but yeah, I could I could see there being a tank and this is of course factoring in that right now he's being taken he's being taken over uh number 2 overall in most drafts that I'm seeing. Um wide receiver 2 uh and yeah. Yeah. So I, I could see, um, but yeah, I mean, I also have some bias here. I will say I've always been a, a, a hater of, of Jamar chase, but yeah, I'm sticking to, I mean, small sample size, only one game without Joe Burrow, but two catches, 26 yards. If you have even a few games like that and you took him number two overall, that's a bust. And you know, I mean, if he finishes, he could finish as wide receiver number 12 and this would be an absolute hit on my prediction. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure I'm sure Nick has some things to say, so I'll I'll send it on over.
0: All right, Jesse, there is one part of your argument that I agree with and one where personally, you're just blatantly wrong. And which do you want me to start off with? You pick my friend. <laughs> so I'll start off where you're wrong. Okay, you said Joe Burrow made Jamar Chase. It's it's actually kind of unlucky for you. I actually had this conversation with someone like two weeks ago in which, like they said that Joe Burrow was the key to the Bengals, like that Jamar Chase really had no effect on it, that they were going to be, he was going to be good regardless. And I went ahead and looked up Joe Burrow's rookie year prior to the injury and the Bengals record. The record was two wins. Seven losses and a tie. And that was with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon, which it's a pretty good core of players. And they were two, seven, and one. You add Jamar Chase the very next year. I mean, they might have added a few extra pieces, and maybe it was just Joe Burrow needed a year to off of a torn ACL in which he needed to kind of get up to form, but they would have had made the Super Bowl with the number five overall pick Jamar Chase having a, I think it was a rookie record, if I'm not mistaken for receiving. And that is where I would say that I could, I think you could argue the opposite. I think Jamar Chase is the key to that team. I think he's the key and like, I mean, maybe even the key to Joe Burrow, but, um, the way in which I agree with you is I think this year Jamar Chase could struggle if Joe Burrow was hurt for a few games, which I think it's it sounds like it could be possible that Joe Burrow could miss the first five games of the season. And if that's the case, like, yeah. I mean, I think J- Jamar Chase is going to underperform this year. I mean, because in order to compete with Justin Jefferson and maybe even Cooper Cup and some of these other guys, like he's going to have to have, great outings week in and week out and with Trevor Simeon like I think he's going to have a couple of games where he's not I mean he might have one game where he booms but it's just like I don't think the offense is going to be as good with Simeon to where I think it's it's going to hurt Jamar Chase it's going to hurt T Higgins Boyd like you name it like the Bengals could struggle without Burrow just because I just don't think Simeon's quite as good as Burrow and can support all of those receiving options
1: Okay, well, I wanted to combat you with something here, but I wasn't able to to figure out this this uh, quick enough. Exactly what all the Bengals did because it just it just it's really hard for me to believe that one wide receiver can make the difference of the games that you're that you're saying you know taking the two and seven team to to the Super Bowl. Um, I was just trying to see what exactly because I remember there were some additions that like uh, at least in the off season, that people were thinking the offensive line was going to be better. There were some different things in there, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I get it. You, you're, you've always liked Jamar Chase, and it has paid off for you. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I obviously, I agree that he's a great, great football player. But, uh, but yeah, I could definitely see him having a uh, a down year.
0: Yeah, I mean that's fair. I, Jamar Chase uh, led the LSU the incredible LSU team in receiving, in which they had Justin Jefferson, Terrence Marshall, Clutter Solaire. Like they were a loaded squad. Jamar Chase was a top receiver. Like that's. Got to count for something in which I I personally have been under the belief that I think Jamar Chase is better than Justin Jefferson. It'd I'm so happy. glad
1: we're recording these now because now we can go back last, not last week, but the week before, and look at how you were like, oh, Jackson Smith, the jigba,
0: he was better than Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave." Eh, that doesn't mean nothing. Eh. So, okay, cool. Can't wait. That one's different, but we can talk about that. On of our course it time. is
1: because it's your guy and this one's my guy. Can't
0: wait. Jackson Smith and Jacob put up 300 yards in a bowl game playing against running backs that had to play corner because of opt-outs, but in which Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave didn't play in the game, but that's for another pod, another pod. I'm going to go to my next player who I think is going to bust. And I think his value is really going to dip. And that player is Michael Pittman jr. And Michael Pittman Jr., like, people are kind of all over the place on him. There are some that, like, the big Anthony Richardson believers who are all aboard the Michael Pittman Jr. season. Like, they think he's going to just take off, and he's the number one target for a great quarterback. But, like, even those people, like, even if you think Anthony Richardson is going to be better than expected this year, it's going to be based on his rushing ability. Like, he's not going to put – I mean, he's going to have enough boom plays where people are going to be – Like, that's my thought is, like, he's going to have enough boom plays to where I don't think Anthony Richardson himself is a sell just because I think he's going to have people excited. I mean, he's going to be largely bad, but he's going to have some boom plays. And some of them are going to be to Michael Pittman Jr. And, yeah, he's going to have some big plays. I don't know. But here's the reason why I think Michael Pittman Jr. this season is going to be a a big bust. And it's because, like, the – Indianapolis Colts are not going to pass as much as they've done in the past. I've kind of looked into it. He had a 26% target share in 2022. And based on reports out of training camp is Alec Pierce is has been kind of a favorite target for Anthony Richardson. And they also added Josh Downs and I think like Jelani Woods. I think they have some – an Evan Hole running back. I think he could get some more targets to where I think – his target share could drop a little bit. I mean, it's not going to drop drop to like 15%, but I think it could go down to like 22 20%, which is really going to count. And also with Shane Steichen, Shane Steichen during Her- Herbert's rookie season, um, they were 17th in the league in pass percentage. And ever since then, each season, they've been top three in the league, the Chargers. And with the Eagles, in 2021, as with Steigens the OC, they were 32nd in the league in pass percentage, and in 2022 they were 29th. And like that's with the percentage of plays that were passing plays. Whereas like the Chargers were actually fifth in passing attempts in 2020 um, with Herbert, who is primarily passing QB, and then with the Eagles the last two years they were 24th and 29th in pass attempts. And my opinion is that Anthony Richardson will be on the low end of that. Like, I don't think he's going to pass as much as Herbert. And to be honest, I don't think he's going to even pass as much as hurts like with the Eagles. And I think they're going to be towards the bottom of the league in pass attempts in which I think it's going to be closer to the, like the bears or the Falcons or the Titans in which they pass like 22 to 26 times a game. In which case that is really going to be tough on Michael Pittman Jr. to produce. And, he's the kind of guy that like he might have a couple of like games where he has like three catches for 98 yards and two touchdowns in which it's great but then he might have some weeks where it's two catches for 25 yards on eight targets like anthony richardson right now is not an accurate quarterback and he's a guy that he does not layer his throws well and for michael Pittman jr to be good He's going to have to be a downfield target that makes a bunch of splash plays. And last year, he was a low A dot guy, and his fantasy production came from ninety nine catches. And I don't think he's going to get that many catches. Like I think he's going to get closer to sixty catches, sixty five catches maybe. And if his A dot is not like crazy, or if he doesn't catch a ton of touchdowns, I think he's going to finish outside of the top 30 wide receivers. And in that case, he's going to be a massive bust, and his dynasty value I think is really going to drop, because I think the Colts are going to be looking for other options next year at receiver. And Michael Pittman Jr., I think is a sell before the season begins, and you don't want it to continue to drop.
1: I disagree with you there, Nick. I actually... Wouldn't wouldn't uh, be too eager to sell Michael Pittman right now. I think there's a lot of people that are actually taking exactly what you're saying into consideration. Everybody says, "Oh, well, Anthony Richardson isn't um, isn't quite the passing QB." My thing is, is that Gardner Minshew is still the backup there, and I could definitely see him working his way into where you know Anthony Richardson. Maybe you know they decide he isn't quite ready. Maybe they're splitting time with him. I mean, a lot of things can happen. And if Anthony Richardson ends up not being the quarterback, uh, Gardner Minshew's a gunslinger, man. He'll throw interceptions, but he's also going to throw tutties. So So um, just based on what Michael Pittman's done, like with the quarterbacks that he's had, I know I've also used the same argument for Garrett Wilson. That's a little bit obviously a better wide receiver not to compare the two. But Michael Pittman, I mean, he's been able to put almost – he put up 1,000 yards in 2021 with a washed-up version of – that would have been Carson Wentz, right? Or was that Phil Brothers? That would have been Phil. It, uh, it was Carson Wentz. So with washed up version of Carson, Carson Wentz, he went for 1,000 yards. And then last year he had 920, 925. I mean. I don't know. I could see him still, still producing that at that same level for you. I don't see. Yeah, I could, I could see him matching his ADP. I don't think he's going to go out of control by any means. But I don't know. I, I, am not, uh, not too eager to sell Michael Pittman this year.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely fair, and that was my only reservations with the take is that. Like, Minshew could play. And if that's the case, like, Minshew's a guy, like, they're not going to run a bunch with him. Like, Shik- Steichen showed you that last year. When Hurts went down, like, they became a massive passing team. Like, they had a ton of volume, in, which can be good for wide receivers. But I'm I'm of the belief that I, I think they're going to play Anthony Richardson sooner rather than later. And I think maybe by week four, I think he's going to be the starter. And I just think they're – they're valuing the reps over on-field play. And if that's the case, like, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the post. Oh,
1: absolutely. But I just I, – I mean, I can't imagine that they're going to <clears> – <throat> like, if the on-field play is that bad. I could see him getting benched by week 11, and then, you know, then you have Gardner Minshew for the rest of the year. I don't know. I mean, a lot of things could happen over there. To be honest, that just rolls right into uh, my next one. Uh, my next sell before the season starts, which is uh, for the, almost the same reasons that you're giving, except for uh, I do like the quarterback significantly more. But uh, DJ Moore is uh, is the receiver that I'm wanting to wanting to sell. Oh, absolutely. He's he he went from I mean, granted, not a great offense, but he actually went to a worse offense for receivers in the Chicago Bears. I mean name a a place where receivers die more than the Chicago Bears. It's like it, it it's named the Windy City people. Like I mean there's there there might be a reason here. I mean, a Chicago Bears has, has they've never thrown for 4000 yards. And by the way, do did we all forget that last year they were like a historically low passing team? Do we think that that's just going to magically flip and they're going to be in the middle of the pack if they increase their passing attempts? By 100 next year, they would still be 32nd. Like, the, the amount that they need to throw the ball to improve their, their receivers in fantasy football, make them fantasy relevant, let alone, what was DJ Moore going? I think he was like wide receiver last I checked. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Wide receiver 14? Wide receiver 14. No. I'm good on that.
0: All right, Nick. Go ahead. Defend your bear. I actually just gave you the clapping emoji just because I, you presented a pretty good case. And that, that's the case that I've heard a lot is that they – like the bears passed so few last year that it's just like how can DJ Moore possibly produce? And it's because I think they're going to change it. Um, I don't have the stats to back it up, but I – and that'll be something for a future podcast. Um, But like Josh Allen early on with Buffalo, like they, they ran the ball a pretty good amount, like before they got digs, just because they, they couldn't get a consistent pass game. And that's what the problem with the bears. Like they've had Darnell Mooney, who I think is not a bad player, but he's not a wide receiver one. Like he's maybe a two. And I think it's possible he could even be a wide receiver three, in which case, like, Last year, it was big third downs, and Justin Fields was having to throw to Equinemia St. Brown, and he was having to throw to Dante Pettis, Bayless Jones. Like, it's just like those are not guys that are going to be productive for a quarterback who's developing in the league. And I think DJ Moore is a guy who can really excel with Justin Fields. And the cold weather thing, I do think that's fair. But like the Buffalo Bills, the Green Bay Packers, like those – places are just as cold as Chicago like and they've had productive passing offenses with wide receivers that have produced and quarterbacks that have produced and I'm a believer in Justin Fields as a passer I think he can I think he can do it I in college he was very good at it and I think he's shown a lot of flashes to where I think if you get a consistent offense around him I think he can produce and I think DJ Moore like like I hate hearing the consistent like Stephon Diggs, like the next Stephon Diggs, the next AJ Brown for him. But I, I really think DJ Moore can do that because I love DJ Moore's talent and I have since he got in the league. And I love Justin Fields. And that might be a homer take because I'm a Bears fan, but I I'm a believer in the pass game. And I think that I think the volume will go up. And I think they will yeah, pass more. And I think DJ Moore will have a higher target share than really anyone had last year.
1: Yeah and I mean I do want to say this I do like Justin Fields and DJ Moore like I've always I've always liked them like uh as talents and uh to be honest like it sounds weird but like I always remember DJ Moore in like this video with Steve Smith where Steve Smith is like making fun of him he's like should I start like he's asking Cam Newton he's like should I stay, start DJ Moore and then he says something to to DJ Moore like if you score me 2 points i'm gonna smack you or something like that. <laughs> DJ Moore just being so nice like he's just like real like you just tell from the video he's just a real quiet dude and like definitely like the guy uh definitely like him definitely like Justin Fields. I mean i'm 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 rooting for him but uh but as far as fantasy goes not buying or actually i'm selling.
0: <laughs> no i mean that's that's definitely fair you laid out a good case and That documentary where that happened, I may or may not have watched it at least five times. I'm a big all or nothing fan on Amazon Prime. They do do a good job. Haven't had them in a while, unfortunately. (laughs) But I'm going to go into my next one. And Jesse, like, you better be ready to take notes. And you're a guy who's, I know in this off season, you've been pretty big on the Jordan Love hype. Like, you've been all aboard, like, Oh, I'm buying Jordan Love every chance I get. You're making all these deals and startups. You're taking him at, like, what, QB 15? Like, too early to me. I don't know. QB 15, get out of here. I was
1: (laughs) not. I was taking him at, like, QB 22. Get out of here with that nonsense. I only was taking him back when Aaron Rodgers was still on the Packers. Get out of here. I don't even think
0: 22. Probably later than that. Okay, okay. Maybe it could be right. But I did also remember a Lamar Jackson trade involving Jordan Love, but that's besides the point. We're not going to roast here. Um, so about Jordan Love and why I think he's a screaming sell in in fantasy. And I, I think he's a guy that, like, he has this perceived ideal idea of upside like this guy is he's been groomed by Aaron Rodgers for years and it's just he's more athletic he's going to have the ability to run he's got all this like promise he's got the potential the next Aaron Rodgers but i'm going to strongly push back against that and i was one early in the offseason i was kind of i was kind of in on Jordan Love i was like you know what i i saw people talking and i was kind of buying in on Jordan Love, but on looking more into it, I could not be any more out on Jordan Love, and that's because Jordan Love has absolutely like has shown no ability to run as a quarterback. Like his scramble rates are like from college were lower than Tua Tagovailoa and Joe Burrow, who are not runners in the NFL, and typically guys that run in college typically run less in the NFL. Like Tua, like he has not shown any ability to run. Like Joe Burrow only does it when he has to. And that's the kind of quarterback Jordan Love is. Like Jordan Love is not going to be a heavy run guy. And unless he is completely different than anything he has shown at this point in his career. Like I was looking at his scramble rates and they were lower than Tua. Like, Jordan Love's best college season, the one that got him drafted in the first round, he had a scramble rate of 1.6%. In comparison, Joe Burrows, second to last year in college, he had a scramble rate of 6.3%. And Tua, his lowest year in college scramble rate was 4%. And Jordan Love's is quite a bit lower than that. So with that being the case, in order for Jordan Love to be good in fantasy this year, he's going to have to produce Aaron Rodgers like passing numbers. He's going to have to throw a bunch of touchdowns, he's going to have to throw for a ton of yards, all in an offense that wants to like have ball control offense, wind down the clock. They like to run the ball. And it's just like how is Jordan Love going to be a consistent fantasy option? Like I just I don't see the upside with him. Like Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he was top 12 last year. And a lot of that, I agree, was because they had a weaker receiving core than they've had. But that's one in which Jordan Love is now playing with. A weak receiving core in an offense where he's, or in the NFL in which he's barely played. Like he has next to no experience. And like he doesn't have any experience running the ball, and it's just like, I don't see how that offense is going to really function unless Jordan Love is just some old world passer and can do stuff that we've never seen before. But even if he is a good for the Packers and has a good season and shows progressions as a passer, I still think he's going to be bad for fantasy. Like, cause he's just going to have to produce Aaron Rodgers numbers and he's going to have to have low turnover numbers and he's going to have to throw for a bunch of touchdowns, which I would be shocked. In his first year, unless he's secretly Patrick Mahomes, which he's not, then he's not going to produce in fantasy. He's really not. And that's all.
1: I love the comparison to Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes got to sit behind the Hall of Fame quarterback for a year before he went out there. And Jordan Love's gotten to do it for three. I mean, I do hear the concern. I'd be lying if I said that. I wasn't getting a little bit concerned about all the Jordan love that I bought into, but regardless at the end of the day, I mean, like you said, he still has a lot of the same weapons that Aaron Rodgers had. He uh is still going to be more athletic than a 39 year old Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I do hear what you're saying, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's still going to be, he's going to be more athletic than almost 40 year old Aaron Rodgers, And so, I mean, he will, he will get his like little bit of a scrambling, but I, I, Regardless, I'm not getting into him for the uh, scramble ability. I got into into him because uh, he was going to be a starting quarterback, and I was getting him dumb cheap. So even right now, even if he were to bust, I would still probably be able to sell him for more than what I bought him for back whenever I was buying him up. So whatever. <laughs> that was a good point. That was a good, that was some good points. So I'll give you that. All right, whatever, whatever. Nick won. Me too. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're just gonna roll right into my next one here tony pollard uh he is being drafted as a top five running back and uh i just don't really i don't really see that i do understand why i do understand that like the potential we all draft for upside um i get that i get that it's the upside thing i just don't think that the cowboys see tony pollard as a workhorse back um And yeah, I mean, that's really, that's really the main thing is that I don't think, I don't think that's, that's the case. And then whenever you look at everything that Dallas has done in the off season, they like to say like, Oh, we want to run the ball. We want to run the ball. But then like everything that they've signed, like they signed Brandon cooks, like everything that they've done in the off season has pointed towards more like they're, they're going to try to throw the ball more. And while Tony Pollard, I mean, he is definitely a passing down threat. He's definitely a weapon there. Um, the reality is to be a top five back, to be even a top 10 back, you almost a top 10 back. I mean, you gotta be the workhorse back. Like you have to be the the guy of your team. And uh, that's just not something I see happening there. So I see Tony Pollard, his value dropping quite a bit. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I would take Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, before I'm taking Tony Pollard. That's definitely fair.
0: Um, i it's kind of crazy because with the Cowboys this year, I've I've seen some people like that I trust say that they think the Cowboys are going to run a ton more because Mike McCarthy's now taking over and the Kelmore's gone is they're gonna become a run happy offense. And I've seen some people say that they think they're gonna be a pass happy offense. And like moral stories, I have no idea on Tony Ballard. Like I, I think he's going to at least do what he did last year. And I think if they don't bring in anybody else, which to be honest, I think they will. Like Malik Davis, I think that's his name. Um I it's the backup. Like I don't see that being the opening day backup running back. Like I I think they add somebody. And if they don't, like Tony Pallard, Tony Pollard should be pretty good, I think, because I think he like it's an offense where they get a lot of rushing. Like opportunities at the goal line, or at least they did with Kellen Moore, and I expect them to still. And like, he's a guy that I think could get double digit touchdowns if they don't bring anybody else in. Um, but I think there's a possibility they bring in like a Leonard Furnett, or what might be worse for Pollard is Zeke back because I think Zeke's a guy that they trust and they're like, they trust him on passing downs to pass block and at the goal line, like. He's proven that he can score touchdowns, and unfortunately for Pollard, I think if they bring in Zeke, like I think Zeke's going to get a lot of those opportunities.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I could definitely see that with Zeke as well. Uh, that that has been another thing that I've kind of been seeing floating around. There's that there's a good chance that Zeke ends up back with the Cowboys. So that's just another reason why I wouldn't buy Tony Pollard, especially early.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's definitely understandable. My next one I'm going to talk about is uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, Jerry Judy's kind of a, been a popular breakout candidate for what seems like three years now. Like everyone's like, oh, this is the year. Jerry Judy, the great route runner, the great college player. He's going to be just unbelievable. This is the year. I don't think this is the year. I really don't. I With Sean Payton coming in, all – signs out of training camp for Denver and it's just like people that are on the inside they're saying this team is not going to pass very much (laughs) like based on all signs it's just like they brought in blocking tight ends they brought in Troutman they brought in multiple tight ends that are there to block they beefed up their offensive line they got Javante Williams they got Samaj Piran and I just think they're going to run the ball and they have Jerry Judy and then they also have Cortland Sutton they have Greg Dulcich and they have Marvin Mims. And Jerry Judy is being slotted in to be a guy that can be a potential wide receiver one, like maybe wide receiver two-ish. But it's just like, I don't know if the volume's going to be there. I think they're going to, like, based on everything I've seen, they're going to throw the ball to their backs a lot. They're going to run the ball a lot. And it's just like the limited pass volume they have, I don't think they're going to be concentrated just to Jerry Judy. I think Dolchik is going to get his. I think Sutton's going to get touches. And I think Marvin Mims is going to get touches. To where I don't think Jerry Judy is going to be some 10, 12 target a game guy. Like, I really don't. I don't see that for him. I think it'll be single digit targets a game in which I think that's tough to break out with. I really do. And I I just don't see this guy ups, upside for, for him and kind of think he's a sell. And the one share I got this season, I sold him and I'm kind of happy about it.
1: My only thing with Jerry Judy is that, I mean, I, I, I do think that he's in a, uh, yeah, he, he, I think he has the upside. It's just for me with Jerry Judy, it's more injury. It's just that that's really what it comes down to for me. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I can see it. Jerry Judy, uh, he has the same kind of thing as Kadarius Tony. He runs, he runs kind of uh, differently there. Um, real quick, I want to touch on two real quick. Wide receiver fifteen, wide receiver seventeen. I know I've talked about it so much in the past. Every every episode, I swear I'm roasting Nick on this. No, wide receiver seventeen, Calvin Ridley. Are you kidding me? The guy hasn't been the guy hasn't been in the in the in the NFL for two freaking years now. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He's wide receiver seventeen. What is going on with what is going on with life? Wide receiver 15. DK Metcalf. Has he ever been wide receiver 15? Ever? Has he ever finished a, an entire season as wide receiver 15? Maybe in 2020, three years ago, whenever he had ball and Russ and they were letting Russ cook a little bit. And I mean, I don't know. There's no way Gino is gonna support, you know, I mean, him being wide receiver fifteen. That seems a little bit wild to me because there's also Tyler Lockett. We also got Jackson Smith and Jigbo, So uh yeah, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, definitely stay away from those two. Those are my biggest. I would say like run away from as much as you can. Jamar Chase. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. If I'm if I'm picking number number four in a draft and Jamar Chase falls to me, am I gonna take? Probably. Yeah, I'm probably gonna scoop him right on up. But I mean, I I'll tell you what. I could be in in round six, round seven. I see Calvin Ridley there. Pass. On to you, Nick.
0: I appreciate the honesty. I really, really do. Um, Yeah, I mean, I hear you on Calvin Ridley. I mean, Calvin Ridley is a guy that's had some foot injuries in the past, I believe. And, like, he's getting up there in age. Like, is he healthy? He hasn't played in two years. Like, he hasn't tested it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what Calvin Ridley does. I am a big fan of his prop bet. Uh, I think he has like 920 over under. Smashing the over on that. Sorry, Jesse. Uh, DK Metcalf, I hear you. Uh, he was wide receiver seven. I th- Real quick, even if he hits over that,
1: is, that's probably not wide receiver 17 in fantasy football. Okay, sorry.
0: I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, DK Metcalf. Yeah, wide receiver seven. Um, he's produced. like DK is a guy that I'm going to continue to bet on. Like a lot of the great wide receivers in the NFL, like we're kind of spoiled in the time right now with Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson that produce early on and just continue it for years. Like there's been a lot of guys that have just like early on, they've kind of stagnated a bit. And then it's just like, once they hit like year four, year five, they start to just like go way up. And it's just like, I think DK is that kind of guy. Like that's just going to continue to get better and i think he could have a season where he just booms and he just keeps going like he's just got that physical talent and i love him as a player and the seattle offense i'm nervous about just because i i don't know if gino is going to be able to continue i di- i didn't include him in today's episode but i'm still nervous about it um, um, but i mean gino's not going to be there forever at least in my opinion so i don't think dk's is a sell but I I definitely hear the argument. Um, I have two more to talk about. Um, one, Austin Eckler. I don't think he's going to catch 107 passes this year. Joe Lombardi as their offensive coordinator was a guy who, like Justin Herbert, was throwing short of the sticks consistently. Like it was just a low A dot offense, which does not fit Justin Herbert. And based on stuff out of training camp and based on what I expect to happen, I expect it to be a downfield offense. And I like Eckler as a receiver, but I think Eckler is not as talented as a receiver. Like this might be a hot take. is like Christian McCaffrey and some of these other guys that can push the ball downfield and get open. Like Austin Eckler profited a lot on dump offs and just short area targets. And it's just, I don't think there's going to be as many of those. And if he gets 50 catches, 60 catches, like he's going to underperform as a first round pick and redraft, And in the guy in dynasty that everyone's scooping up as contenders. Like, I just think he's a guy that's, I personally think he's going to bust. Like I think their offense is going to be pushing the ball downfield more and going to have less dump offs. Cause I think Quentin Johnson's really good. And I like Keenan and Mike Williams. Like I think their offense is going to change and I don't, I don't expect a hundred catches for a running back, like especially the dump off variety. Another one is Ramondre Stevenson. I don't think he's going to catch as many passes. Like it was, he was not efficient with it. He's not a great pass catcher. Same with Austin Eckler, Eckler, except for worse. Um, I don't think he's going to catch as many passes. And I think Bill O'Brien knows that like he's had experience as an offensive coordinator. I think it's possible. He gets completely taken off the pass catching duties. And they've been looking at other running backs, but I I just I don't see him catching more than 35 passes, my honest opinion. But with Stevenson, I could be wrong, is I think he's gonna score more touchdowns. And if he scores six more touchdowns, which is possible, like he can make up for that. So I'm not as confident on it, but at the same time, it's just like banking on catches, which is what a lot of people are doing right now. And myself included, I bought him. Like I just don't think that's gonna happen. And I think he's a sell.
1: I like it. I mean, I agree with you on that take. I kind of try to avoid that if I can, as well.
0: Yeah. Um, any more, Jesse? If not, I think we can. No, look. I think I think
1: that we we went over all of them that I had on my list here today. Um, excited for next week to uh, to talk some buys. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You guys will hear some of the same names that you've heard heard me say over the, over the weeks, like <laughs> your boy Garrett Wilson. See you next
0: week. <laughs> yeah (laughs) pt nick 32 on twitter um see you next time buys next week